All right, y'all, we're down a mic today. One mic in it. One mic. One mic. Nope. You got nothing. One mic, one bike. Nope, that doesn't work. No, it rhymes. Mm. Nope, I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing either. Uh, One podcast. One mic, one podcast, one God. Ooh, there it is. Except for that only works for this week, because next week we'll be back to two mics. I hope so. It's been honestly a couple weeks that you've forgotten the mic at church. Yeah. Oops. I I don't even know why it ended up there. I really feel like it grew legs and just walked to church. No, it was there because of Monday Thursday. Maundy Thursday. Maundy, yeah, we had to take it for that, that worship night. But anyway, we're still doing this thing. We're doing it. So it's cool. Um, there's like nothing in the news right now. I mean, there's plenty in the news, but nothing I want to talk about. Although I will just throw a shout out. You guys uh, remember me talking about the pour over um, that Christian news, like emails that I get, you know, they just started doing this thing called the decaf pour over and it's a family um, oriented news thing. And um, so I signed up for it just to see what it was all about. And so it does a news story from the week and then it like says how you can talk to your kids about it and then it says how can you relate this to the bible and it does all of that in the email that's pretty cool that's so cool that's like seven arrows you know like what does this passage say about you or does it say about god but it's like relating like today's news to you know how we should as christians how we should react to that and just like gives you prompts on how to talk to your kids about it awesome so we might not have like actual news stories to talk about, but we can encourage you to view news a little differently. Yeah, there you go. You know, and I preached on that before, and it was when like politics were a lot more hot. I feel like I mean politics are still pretty hot right now, but there was definitely a point, you know, like during the elections and um, like during COVID, whenever people were scrutinizing the government a lot. You know, I. Kind of something that I had talked about was it's good to have your viewpoints and to have like things you want to, you know, hills that you want to die on. But remember, friends, at the end of the day, more than a Republican, more than a Democrat, more than a Green Party, we're Christians. And we're Team Jesus, you know, not Team this guy or that guy. Um, It's ultimately Team Jesus. So uh, it's okay to look at one party or the other and say, you know what, this is a good idea or this is a good idea. Um, You know, it's it's just whatever lines up with, with, you know, Biblical theology um, is where we need to be leaning. So uh, don't get too set in your ways, unless those ways are the Bible. Yeah, so um, I thought uh, this week, well actually last week we had talked about it, but we didn't end up recording because last week got away from us. Um, It was just one of those weeks where our days were all messed up and then suddenly it was Thursday and we were like, oh, we didn't record. Um. So anyway, we had been talking about this uh, since last week, but something that I feel like God has kind of been walking me through right now is uh, just kind of reshaping my prayer life. Um, I think that God's been awakening prayer in America in general. No, I agree, but I just think like personally for me, like I've been praying for a while that he would just continue to refine me. And at first it was, he was refining me with you know, like the things I listen to and um, okay, the things I read it. and all of that. And now I feel like he's moved on to my prayer life. And I feel this pretty strongly, honestly. Pray- my prayer life has honestly um, been something, prayer in general is just something that I've struggled with always. 
and I don't really know why. Um, I think a lot of Christians do, and I think that's why it's kind of been on an upswing, because I feel like our church has been talking about prayer a lot more lately, and which is necessary in the times that we're going through, but I feel like I've been hearing a lot about prayer a lot more in the past, like, two years than when, you know, like, we first started going to church, and we got saved. Or maybe our eyes and ears are just more open to hearing it now. Possibly. But I do love that, um, you know, as a Christian, it's important to realize, you know, where we're weaker at. And when we first started talking about, like, the refining of secular music, when you first mentioned it to me, I was like, yeah, great view for yourself. You know, like, that's the way that God's working in you. And then a month later, God's like, hey, homie, it's your turn to be worked on in that. And, like, I felt a strong conviction over myself. So it's just neat to see, like, you know, different Christians being pulled by the spirit in different times so where has god been leading you in this refining of your prayer life well i think um definitely just like starting uh somewhere so i had kind of talked to the youth about it we did a lesson on it because i was like man if i'm struggling with this as somebody who you know has what i would consider a pretty strong relationship with christ um then where do these students stand? And, um, and so we did a, um, a lesson, like what should my prayer life even look like? Like people say you should pray and we know we should pray. And they tell you in Sunday school and youth group and church to to pray. And, but what does that really look like? Has anybody actually walked, um, you through that? And so, um, we kind of just talked about that. And, uh, I just started with, you know, you have to start, Um, because you're not going to get better at something unless you start doing it more and more and more. Um, and so I have been just trying to pray more throughout my day. Um, and it's just weird how, when God starts working on you on something and you just start to see it everywhere, like my TikToks have been, you know, more prayer focused. And then Bob was talking about prayer on Sunday and, um, I just, like I said, I just feel like I see it everywhere. Actually, last week, whenever I went to go figure out what we were going to do for the podcast last week, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about. And so I had went to um, our bookshelf because our bookshelf is full of books that we haven't read. And um, I'm like, I just prayed. I'm like, Lord, just tell me, like, sh- point me in the direction of what you want us to talk about. Um, and I picked up a book and I kind of looked through it and I was like, no, that doesn't feel like it's it. And I did that a couple times. And then I came across this book called Prayer. Yeah. Well, it's, I, a, it's a nine marks book. So if you don't know what nine marks is, um, it's like a book series uh, just about building healthy churches. So you'll read, you know, nine marks books about it's like the nine marks of a healthy church. And one of these marks is prayer and that's why it has such like your generic name of prayer but what's not generic about the book is the contents way better read than i thought it was going to be it was something i think i'd gotten at like an sbc conference one year and just kind of stuck it up in the bookshelf for a future read and you and i both plowed through it in like 30 minutes Mm. almost 30 minutes maybe an hour um you know in the entirety of the book It's so good. It was really good. And, um, yeah, when I pulled it out of the bookshelf, I just felt like a strong, like, pull, like, this is it. And so I sat down and I was like, I'm going to read this book. 
And I just sat there and I just read the entire thing. And so you got home and we were going to O'Fallon and you were like, I'll drive. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to drive. You have to read this book. And you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) And you read the entire thing on the way to O'Fallon. So all of that to say, it's an amazing book. It's called Prayer, How Praying Together Shapes the Church. Um, Very, like 10 out of 10. Please go read it. Especially, I feel like, I feel like it's so important for any church, but I feel like especially if you attend Lighthouse, like this book, it just has so much good stuff in it that I think if, um, if people in our church read it and took it seriously, like it could move mountains in our church. Um, and so anyway, we just thought that we would do a little series on prayer and just kind of talk about and discuss a couple different things that, um, really stood out to us in the book. And the first thing, uh, that stuck out to us, babe, do you want to read it? Yeah, so the first chapter is called Breathe Again, uh, and rightfully so. So, like, the very first thing that I underlined, well, Calista underlined a lot of stuff, so then as I was reading it, these same things stood out to me uh, along with some other stuff. So the very first thing that we underlined from the book is a quote that says, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And that's such a great, like, welcoming sentence to the chapter, and that thought stood out to me the entire time that I read through it and it gave me, you know, additional thoughts throughout the chapter that like, if I'm not breathing, how am I living? Okay. If I'm not praying, then how am I breathing? You know, like scripture tells us that we should pray without ceasing. And, you know, I love it whenever pastors pull that that scripture out right like pray without ceasing and and we all know that's impossible to just go on with our daily lives and every single second of every single minute to pray 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 but the way I took it was right now I'm so busy in my job like I'm so busy in my job right now that I forget to drink water (laughs) I forget to go to the bathroom like four hours ago by I'm like oh my belly hurts like I gotta I gotta go potty I just have it moved from my desk and, you know, if I'm not breathing, then how am I living? Well, if I'm not praying, then how am I breathing? And that's just what I needed to hear was that I need to slow down during my day, during work, during parenting, during husbanding, whatever. I need to stop and I need to take a breath. And in those moments, it's not just me taking a breath to fill my lungs up, but to fill myself back up with life. And if I can slow down and take these breaths throughout the day, I need to breathe in prayer. I need to breathe in God because what's me catching up my thoughts if I'm not recentering myself on the gospel, basically. So at work, all right, I'm going to take a big, deep breath. Jesus loves you. Your identity is not your job. Your identity is a child of God. And what presence are you being? What presence are you being to the people around you right now? Same whenever I'm at home, if I'm busy and I'm just trying to get my thoughts together and and be a loving father, take a big deep breath. Be the father that um, be the father that God wants you to be. Be the husband that God wants you to be. You know um, things like that. So that's what stood out to me with this breathe again. Is if I'm not breathing, how am I living? And if I'm not breathing, then how am I praying? I think. Um... Two, something that I told my youth students is that there's so many moments in our day that could very easily be filled with prayer that we don't think about. And some of those moments for them that I had mentioned were like when you're going to the bathroom or when you're washing your hands or when you're walking from class to class or like there's just so many moments of our day that's like a two minute period 
that we could spend that two minutes praying, you know, like, um, before you, uh, open TikTok or before you open Facebook, just say a quick prayer. Like there's just so many, while you're cooking dinner, while you're doing dishes, while you're giving your kids a bath, you know, all these different times of our day where a lot of times we may not think about it, but if we are intentional about thinking about it, we can use those times as times of prayer. And another thing that this book said was that a lot of times we don't treat prayer like breathing. We treat it like prescription medication meant to rid of rid us of an infection. Once the infection is gone, so is the frequency and fervency of our prayers. And I felt super convicted on that because I thought back to like just, you know, being a little vulnerable, like back whenever Danny had first left. And that was a rough season for you and I for a lot of different reasons. And you and I worked like almost constantly in prayer about it. And, um, it was like once God finally had spoken to us and made things a little clearer, we stopped constantly being in prayer about that. And so I also thought it was funny that we had kind of discussed this and read this and talked about this. And then on Sunday in Bob's sermon, he had mentioned like, have you ever just been in a still quiet room and taken a breath? Mm -hmm. And, if you just listen to that breath, it's like you're saying Yahweh yeah, when you breathe. The whole thing of Yahweh is that there's no vowels because we're not worthy to actually say the name of God. Like we just, what an easy name we gave, you know, God. That's so easy to say. And then Yahweh is still pretty easy to say, but how it's spelled with the Y-H-W-H, you know, there's no way to say that. But if you, and, and Bob was obviously breathing it a little more, you know, um, verbally with the kind of thing. But how neat it is, like you said, just like the movement and the sound of air in and out and the breathing is like saying the name of God. And he, and he also mentioned about how he had a friend of his who um, had challenged himself to be in prayer constantly. And so he said that he was trying to be intentional about every minute of his day that he would be in contact with God. And so I just thought that was super cool that God had kind of wrapped that around from what we had planned on talking about, um, with Bob's sermon. So, yeah. And I mean, I guess just to kind of recap on this, this is like the third time, maybe the fourth time on the podcast that we've really talked about prayer. And I think we're close to 40 episodes in, if this might be number 41. I'm not sure. But that would just kind of show, you know, one out of 10 times that we start talking, we talk about prayer. And probably more than that, honestly, or at least dedicating a whole, you know, episode to it. And I know at one point we had talked about finding the moments in the day to pray. Like you said, what you were telling the youth kids, one example that we had used was when everybody was complaining about gas prices, right? When gas prices were going up and it was getting scary and you'd seen a TikTok that had said, you know, a guy was like, instead of complaining about the gas prices at the pump, I thank God that I have the finances. So every time we were pumping gas, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for this. And, and so on and so on. We got a, a water filter that attaches to our faucet. And the water comes out significantly slower because it has to run through the filter, da-da-da-da-da. Instead of that being a nuisance and an inconvenience that the water comes out slower, thank you, God, for pure water, so on, so on, so on. Find What I think is so cool is when you can find nuances in your life, you know, like inconveniences in our first world lives. When you find things that are kind of a petty inconvenience, turn those into moments of prayer. What can you think positively about it, you know? So now you're restructuring your heart to not be a bitter Betty about things 
and you're just finding opportunities to talk to God again. Um, she, you had said the TikTok thing, right? So a couple episodes ago, we had encouraged everybody to um, change your phone wallpaper, right? To look up, you know, every time you open your phone, you see, ooh, I need to talk to God first. Just acknowledge God, just Jesus. I understand. Um, you're greater than what's on this screen. And now we're communicating with God again. So just to find those, you know, small moments. And like I said, this is going to be a little bit of a series um, in the next couple episodes just talking about this. But I did just want to encourage you by saying, like, not everyone's prayer life looks the same. And there are so many different ways that your prayer life can look. Um, A couple examples that I had given the students when we talked about it was um, maybe uh, keeping a prayer journal to where you write out your prayers. And that's a super awesome way to do it because then you're able to go back and look um, and see uh, the different ways that God has, has moved in your life and it's visible and, you know, so that's super cool. Or maybe you have a prayer board um, where you pin up different prayers that you need to remember to pray for. Maybe you just make a list every day of things throughout the day to pray for. Or maybe you don't need any of that and you just talk to him like, you know, when you typically think of prayer like that. So just remember that it doesn't have to look a certain way. And I want to just wrap it up with this uh, one last quote of this chapter um, that says, if prayer is like breathing, then it isn't about our expertise. It's about our experiencing the power of the one to whom we pray. It's about the great expectations that grow in us when we have a genuine experience of the God who hears and answers. I've experienced the beauty of weak prayers that meet a willing Savior. Our church has too. It's a lot like taking the first breath after having the wind knocked out of you. The experience makes you eager to take another and another and another. So just start. Yeah, everything has to start. You know, your car's not going to start putting down the road unless you start it first. You're, I mean, unless you're on a hill and you throw her in neutral. But you get the idea. Everything in order to, you know, be put in motion has to be set into motion. One more thing before we get into facts. I don't know why I just remember this, but something cool that I kind of came across in my Bible study the other day. So I'm studying Genesis again, and um, it's super cool to me whenever you study a book of the Bible at different times and you get different stuff out of it. Like, I just love that so much about the Bible. And um, so I was reading uh, the story about when... Isaac was born, and once he was weaned, they had that big feast, and at the feast, Ishmael, Abraham's son that he had with Hagar, Hagar, uh, however you say that, had mocked it, and so Sarah got salty, um, and she made Abraham, like, send them on their way, right? And so for, if you don't know that story, then uh, so they go on their way, they run out of water, Hagar thinks they're going to die, and so um, it says that she just you know, has her son sit by this bush and she walks away because she doesn't want to see him die. Um, But then God intervenes. And I just thought it was so cool because in the footnotes um, in my study Bible, it points out that in the Bible verse, I wish I could remember exactly which Bible verse it was, but it said that God heard his voice. And never in the story does it say, or God heard his prayer, my bad, whatever it says. Um, And never in the story does it say that the boy called out to God Um, And it just kind of hit me that what that was teaching me in that moment is like, even when I don't have the words to say, like, even when I don't have anything left to say, like, God still knows my heart and he still hears me. 
And so that's just something that I got in my Bible study this week that I wanted to share with you guys. So awesome. I went along with that. All right. We're going to get back on the train of the good old G animal facts. And I got some good ones for y'all today. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Number one, a flamingo's head has to be upside down when it eats. Why? Uh, I don't really know. Oh, it says, um, due to the way in which they have developed, a flamingo has to use the bristles at the top of its beak to filter out the mud and water that gets sucked in along with its actual food. Therefore, it has to eat with its head upside down, as otherwise it would be unable to filter its food properly. You're telling me these stupid pink birds have evolved to have to eat with their head upside down? No, God made them that way. Why he did that? I don't know. But if y'all believe in evolution... Flamingos put the brakes on it. Do we have to eat with our heads upside down? Um, fact number two is that blue whales are immensely heavy. Now it says like that doesn't sound too strange because blue whales are huge, but the average blue whale weighs the equivalent of three to four elephants, with the weight of one elephant being in the whale's tongue alone. Man, that is a heavy tongue. How many tons is an elephant? But sheesh, one elephant worth of a tongue. I don't like that. It like makes me feel my tongue like man. I got a widow. I got a widow tongue. Yeah. So there you have it, friends. There's your sweet animal facts of the day. Man, blue whales would just wreck an ice cream cone. They sure would. Like, can you imagine the lollipop that guy would need to feel satisfied? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's so funny. All right, we're done. Love you. Goodbye.